are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for the September 3rd Sunday reading of the Estes Park News. I'm Kathy Piancone. Today we'll be reading the following main articles. Celebrating 20 years of service in the Estes Valley. Join Restorative Justice for a free community barbecue. Updates regarding Sister Cities Association. Ten years after, we remember the 2013 flood. Sunrise Rotary displays pure water system at Labor Day Arts and Crafts Show. And following up with miscellaneous articles. Celebrating 20 years of service in the Estes Valley, join Restorative Justice for a free community barbecue. This year, Estes Valley Restorative Justice Partnership, EVRJP, is celebrating 20 years of service to the community. Since its founding in 2003, EVRJP's restorative processes have helped repair harm following crime and wrongdoing, brought parties together to address conflict and create sustainable solutions, created safe spaces to explore issues and ideas, and provided structured support to build connections, promote development, and practice positive decision-making. Given all of that and more, it's time to celebrate. Please join EVRJP for a free community barbecue on Saturday, September 30th, from 11 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. at the Stanley Parks Osprey Pavilion in celebration of this exciting 20-year milestone. All are welcome, and the more the merrier. In addition to fun games and activities, Free hamburgers, hot dogs, chips, and cookies will be provided. Learn more about how EVRJP serves and supports the community and find information on current events and volunteer opportunities at estes.org slash restorative justice. Updates regarding Sister Cities Association as the newly seated Board of Directors for the Estes Park Sister City Association, EPSCA, continues to rebuild the organization, two important dates are coming up in September. Wednesday, September 6th, regular meeting of the EPSCA Board. The deadline by which nominations for board positions must be submitted for an election that will be held on September 13th following the membership recruitment party. Wednesday, September 13th, EPSCA is hosting a festive membership recruitment party from 5.30 to 7 p.m. at the Estes Park Museum, located at 200 4th Street. Anyone who is interested in the Sister Cities partnership between Estes Park and Monteverde, Costa Rica, is welcome to attend. If you or someone you know is interested in serving on the Board of Directors for Estes Park Sister Cities Association, please send an email to info at 
epsistercities.org and submit a nomination by September 6th. Nomination information must include the nominee's name and address and should also express the nominee's qualifications and reasons for wanting to serve on the Board of Directors. The election for board members will be held at the end of the September 13th membership recruitment party. Nominees for the board must be willing to attend all meetings. The board generally meets quarterly, and arrangements can be made for virtual attendance via Zoom. At the membership recruitment party on September 13th, there will be a brief informative program explaining the organization's goals and future plans, and refreshments will be served. A new annual membership fee structure was recently adopted by the board. During the pandemic, EPSCA's 501c3 tax-exempt status was deactivated, but has been reinstated by the IRS. The Town of Estes Park and the Estes Park Sister Cities Association executed a new Memorandum of Understanding on August 16, 2023. Ten Years After we remember the 2013 flood. It poured rain for days and didn't stop. In September 2013, parts of northern Colorado endured tremendous rainfall, which led to destructive flooding and loss of life. We all remember it as the 2013 flood. Bridges were destroyed, roads disappeared, lives were lost, and public and personal property damage was extensive. Larimer County is commemorating the 10-year anniversary of the 2013 flood, which impacted our lives, brought us together, and strengthened our community in many ways while fostering community collaboration and resilience. The commemoration also celebrates the volunteer spirit of our community, recovering from this disaster and how we work to protect our communities. Join us for the 2013 Flood 10-Year Commemoration. It's free and open to the public. 11.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. Glen Haven Town Hall, September 9, 2023. 7408 Larimer County Road Number 43, Glen Haven, Colorado. 80532. Sunrise Rotary displays pure water system at Labor Day Arts and Crafts Show. When the Estes Park Labor Day Arts and Crafts Show opens on September 2nd in Bond Park, the public will be introduced to a solar and wind-powered SunSpring hybrid water purification system that provides enough safe drinking water, up to 20,000 liters daily, for developing communities around the world, reducing the risk of debilitating waterborne disease. The SunSpring hybrid Invented right here in Colorado by Innovative Water Technologies, IWT, has global applications for helping solve the world's clean water crisis. IWT, along with Rotary and other nonprofit organizations, have served 38 countries to date. 
The Estes Park Labor Day Arts and Craft Show features 91 artisans displaying handcrafted works in Bond Park on September 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Booths will be open from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Saturday and Sunday and 9 to 3 p.m. on Monday. The solar and wind-powered SunSpring hybrid purification system will be on display the entire weekend. Sunrise Rotarians are bringing the solar and wind-powered water purification system to the show to raise awareness of the fundamental importance of clean water. One of the seven worldwide Rotarian areas of focus known as water and sanitation. Since 1972, when Richard Nixon signed the Clean Water Act, every American has had a legal right to clean, safe drinking water piped right to their homes and businesses. In the United States, most people have no idea how rare it is on earth that you can go to any random garden hose in the United States and drink water from it without fear of diarrhea or worse. During the 2022 Estes Park Labor Day Arts and Craft Show, Sunrise Rotarians introduced a medical equipment rarely seen today, but which was used in the 1940s and 1950s to treat polio patients, the iron lung. The iron lung was on display to raise awareness and encourage continued vaccination against polio, a rotary international effort known as and polio now. Polio is a highly infectious, devastating virus that can cause paralysis. Since polio is spread person to person, typically through contaminated water, Sunrise Rotary continues to raise awareness of the importance of safe water for disaster relief and international development. This solar and wind-powered SunSpring hybrid provides enough safe drinking water for developing communities around the world, reducing the risk of debilitating waterborne disease. League of Women Voters Learn with the League Don't miss an opportunity to meet with school administrators and board members Wednesday, September 20th, 10 a.m. at the American Legion Hall, 850 North St. Vrain. All are welcome. No registration is necessary. At this meeting, you'll learn more about and get to ask questions about strengths and challenges in the EP schools, vision, mission, beliefs, and the five-year strategic plan adopted in May 2023 by Ruby Bode. Ruby joined Estes Park School District in 2005 and is superintendent of Estes Park Schools. Role of a School Board Member by Stacy Ferry School board members are in a unique position to serve as a link between the community and the school district. Stacy is the current school board president. Meeting Needs of All Students by Sunday Peach. Sunday is Director of Student Services, Estes Park School District. CTE, Career and Technology Education, by Monica Sims Buckley. Monica is Assistant Principal, 
CTE Director, METRE slash Work Based Learning Coordinator. Early Childhood Practices by Aaron Miller. Aaron is the primary pre K through second grade principal at Estes Park Elementary School. Note this program is not connected with candidates in the November election. Annual Meadow Closures in Rocky Mountain National Park in effect beginning September 1st for elk rut season. Beginning on September 1st, annual meadow closures go into effect in Rocky Mountain National Park to prevent the disturbance and harassment of elk during their fall mating season, also known as the elk rut. Meadow closures are in place to enhance wildlife viewing experiences for all park visitors. Meadow closures are in place between the hours of 5 p.m. to 10 a.m. Areas that are closed include meadow areas in Horseshoe Park, Upper Beaver Meadows, Moraine Park, Harbison Meadow, and Hallsworth Meadow. During the specified hours, these areas are closed to travel on foot or via horseback off established roadways and established trails. Fishing locations along the Fall River, Thompson River, and Colorado River that are accessed by walking through the closed areas are closed to fishing between the hours of 5 p.m. and 7 a.m. These closures remain in place through October 31st. Mark your calendars for the 47th annual Longs Peak Scottish-Irish Highland Festival in Estes Park, September 8th through 10th. Get your tickets today for the 47th annual Longs Peak Scottish-Irish Highland Festival in Estes Park, Colorado. This year's festival is dedicated to its late founder, Dr. James Durward, who passed away in May. After 43 years at the helm of the festival, Dr. Durward passed the leadership torch to his daughter, Peggy Young. Thanks to Young and the Durward family, Dr. Durward's legacy will live on for years to come. Join us to find out what keeps Coloradans coming back for more family fun every year. The festival has something for everyone, featuring world-class Scottish Highland athletic competitions, hurling demonstrations, Irish and Highland dance performances, dog exhibitions, folk and rock music performances, Scottish and Irish food, drinks, and crafts. Attendees can participate in a Scotch whiskey tasting seminar Friday through Sunday and enjoy North America's largest Celtic parade on Saturday morning that runs through the heart of Estes. The Estes Park International Tattoo, one of the largest and longest established military music displays in the United States, will take place during the festival on Friday and Saturday evening. The festival is a Colorado nonprofit and has been a top attraction and highlight in Estes Park for 47 years. The festival needs your help to keep going for generations to come. There are several ways to help. 
purchase tickets to this year's festival and tattoo, or make a donation via the festival website. Your donation is tax deductible. The festival takes place Friday, September 8th, to Sunday, September 10th, 2023. Festival open 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. daily. Festival parade in downtown Estes on Elkhorn Avenue, 9:30 a.m. on Saturday, September 9th. Estes Park International Tattoo, 7:30 p.m. on September 8th and 9th. Estes Park Folk Concert, 7:30 p.m. on Friday, September 8th. Estes Park Kaylee Rock Concert, 7:30 p.m. on Saturday, September 9th. The fun takes place at Estes Park Event Complex, 1209 Manford Avenue, Estes Park. Order tickets today. Visit scottfest.com. Children five and under are admitted for free when accompanied by a paying adult. First Peoples Festival. First Peoples Festival, 2024, January 12, 2024, VIP dinner, January 13th and 14th. Indigenous vendor market and workshops celebrating Indigenous culture, art, music, language, oral traditions. Check out events in August 2023. Estes Park Events Complex dot com slash First Peoples Festival dot html. The peak. Adjust to fall transit schedule continues special event service. The last day of daily summer service for the peak, formerly Estes Transit, will conclude on Monday, September fourth, for the following routes: Gold, Fall River Road, and the Stanley Hotel; Blue, Big Thompson Avenue, Dry Gulch Road, and Stanley Village; Brown, Downtown. East Riverside Drive and Highway 66, Silver Highway 7, Fish Creek Road, Events Complex, and Estes Valley Community Center. Beginning September 9th, these four routes will offer weekend-only service Saturday and Sunday, from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. through Sunday, October 1st. The red route downtown and Elkhorn Avenue will continue daily service Monday through Sunday, from 7:30 a.m. to 9:30 p.m. through Sunday, October 22nd. The peak will offer free special event service for a number of fall and winter events, including the Scott Fest September 9th and 10th, Autumn Gold and Rails in the Rockies. September twenty third and twenty fourth, the tree lighting ceremony November eighteenth, and Catch the Glow parade November twenty fourth. Busing to Estes service will continue running every weekend through Sunday October first. Tickets to ride Bustang to Estes can be purchased at ridebustang.com. The peak is provided by the town of Estes Park and funded by the Town General Fund, Parking Services Fund, via paid parking revenues, 
Federal Transit Administration grants, and local sponsors. For the most up-to-date 2023 service information, please visit estes.org slash shuttles. The Thunker by Sarah Donahoe It was about ten in the morning. I was halfway through the Sunday paper. My second cup of coffee was just starting to cool when an unusual urge came zinging at me like a pursed meteor. The urge kept elbowing me, nagging me. It wouldn't let up. Out of the blue on a Sunday morning, I had a sudden desire to play a game of solitaire. Not on the computer, but with a real deck of playing cards. Why not? I asked myself, which is one of the greatest questions ever invented. So I left the paper and went to the game cabinet. I pulled open the bottom drawer and was faced with a big decision. Play with one of the oldie but goodie decks I've had for 40 years, or tear the wrapper off a brand new deck. I looked over the 29 complete decks of cards we had in the drawer. We got rid of the incomplete decks about five years ago. Hopefully some kid was able to use clothespins to attach those cards to their bicycle so the tire spokes would flap against them and sound like a motorcycle coming down the street. I settled on a colorful deck of cards we inherited from Joe's mom when she stopped playing bridge from Neiman Marcus. Needless markup to a friend of mine. At the table, I moved the newspaper off to the side, divided the deck so I had half in each hand, pushed my pointer finger knuckle into the back of the cards, then shot them swiftly into each other in a rifle shuffle. Ah, the sound of cards quickly cascading against each other was oddly comforting. The feel of the deck in my hand was familiar. The scent, the same as cards, have always smelled. I arched the cards into a bridge and let them slide together into a single stack. I learned to shuffle like this when I was a girl playing cards on the floor with my sisters and the neighbor kids, usually speed games like nerts and spoons. I love to hear that rapid percussion of cards falling against each other and into a single pile back then, and I still like the sound today. I laid the cards in their seven stacks, finding pleasure in the snap as I placed the cards in their piles. It was as if I had just played yesterday. I don't play computer card games, and I haven't played solitaire with a deck of cards in many years. It took me four games to win, and then I played all the way to the end. So when I finished, I had four stacks of cards divided by suit, with aces on the bottom and kings on the top. That was all I needed. My mind had calmed. There was no more mental badgering. I put the cards away. As long as I was in the cards drawer, I took inventory of what was in there. I found various bridge score pads and tally cards, a Gordon 3 IN1 bridge guide circa 1958, and an According to Hoyle book of game rules, copyright 1956. The first sentence in the book says, A card room without a Hoyle 
is like a hotel room without a Bible. That's right. I grew up with, and according to Hoyle, my family referred to if there was a rules dispute while playing cards. Whatever Hoyle said, went. There were several unopened decks of official America contract bridge league cards, a 20-year-old deck of stiff Vegas brand cards marked the professional's choice, no jokers, an unopened deck from United Airlines, they stopped giving out free cards in the mid-1970s. A deck marked plastic-coated with a hair tie wrapped around it. Another deck marked jumbo playing cards, which means the numbers and letters are supersized, not the cards themselves. These have a linen finish that makes them easy to shuffle. They're the kind that slip and slide all over the place. They're easy to deal out, but players spend a lot of time picking them up off the floor after they've slid across and off the table. I also found a box of canasta cards with a brown and brittle rule leaflet, incorporating the latest changes made for 1950. Until I started playing bridge, canasta was my favorite card game. We played it for hours upon hours on long, hot summer days when it was too hot to play outside, even though there was no air conditioning in our homes back then. When we weren't playing cards, we sat in front of a fan and entertained ourselves by making a monotone, ah, sound, listening to the vibration in our voices caused by the rotating fan blades. When I told my affiliate Joe we had 29 decks of cards, he asked if we were going to get rid of any of them. No, I said. How come? he asked. Because I wouldn't be able to decide which ones to get rid of, I said. They're like old books. Each deck has a story to tell, a history, a unique look and feel. They don't take up much room, and they make me happy especially when I play a game of solitaire. You may let the thunker know what you think at her email address, d-o-n-o-h-o-l-d-t at gmail.com. From the Mountains by Robert Burkhart Long Way Home the wild Atlantic way winds, wends, wiggles, and weaves for 1,600 breathtaking miles on pinched, meandering roads along Ireland's rugged west coast, from Donegal in the north to Cork in the south. As the crow flies, that's 290 miles. I'm with Supertramp. Take the long way home. From an Irish tourist pamphlet. The first part of the Wild Atlantic Way has the effect of making you wonder if you've been beamed to another planet. The rolling karst hills of the Buren are composed of limestone pavements. The translation of the Irish name, An Byron, means great rock, and this hits the nail on the head. One of Oliver Cromwell's officers bagged the Buren's essence. There's not water enough to drown a man, wood enough to hang one, nor earth enough to bury one. Instead, there are 2,500-year-old dolmens to discover in this stark landscape, megalith monuments commemorating the dead, 
and 23 of 28 Irish orchid species grow in the Buren. After the Buren, the Wild Atlantic Way arrives at County Clare's spectacular Cliffs of Mower on a wet, blustery day of which there are many in Ireland, you can taste the wind-driven sea spray as you stand 500 feet above the Atlantic on these magnificent bluffs overlooking the fabled Aran Islands. Just below the cliffs is Milltown Malby, where for a week in late July, 30 of us, ranging in age from three months to 84 years, gathered for the fourth Hogan family reunion, following previous get-togethers in 1988, 1998, and 2014. Great-grandfather Edward Hogan was born near Milltown in 1837. He sailed to New York City from Cork in the mid-1850s with his wife, Bridget O'Connor. Their son Jack was born in 1881, and my sainted Irish mother, Lucille Frances Hogan, in Greenwich Village in 1915. Edward came to America on what the Irish called a coffin ship, up to 50% of the emigrants on boats fleeing the famine perished on disease-ridden, overcrowded, and underfed vessels, their bodies thrown to the trailing sharks. No Irish need apply, notices greeted Edward wherever he sought work. My SIM survived the influenza pandemic of 1918, when 30,000 New Yorkers perished in less than six months. She and my father married in the depths of the Great Depression and had four kids as World War II got underway. Note to those planning to attend the upcoming Long's Peak Scottish-Irish Highland Festival. Celebrate ancestors and claim your heritage. Irrespective of one's origins, kindred stories fall from each family tree. Life's fickle capriciousness provides ample basis to honor all whose unpredictable past led to our being alive. Sip that black and tan with pride. And we did in Milltown, or more accurately, the quilty cottages near Spanish Point, where we looked out at the cliffs and islands, and past them the captivating mountains of Connemara. From our first meeting in Cogan's pub, where we greeted cousins, nieces, nephews, aunts, and uncles with Guinness-fueled shouts and hugs, to the last tearful farewell a week later, where did the time go? We reveled in our Irish heritage, peat fires, birthday celebrations, a somber reading of ancestor names, late-night noisy card games, quiet walks along the beach, bright green Hogan's and Ireland 23 t-shirts, home-cooked meals, intense conversations, savory pub fare, mussels, chowder, lavish laughter, rummica marathons, shopping in the hinch, slate gray sunsets, traditional Irish music at Friel's Pub, and love of the family that engenders enduring memories. The 30 of us hailed from California, Colorado, Maine, 
New Hampshire, New York, Pennsylvania, and South Carolina. For three years in advance, we emailed regularly, put down deposits on housing, updated passports, purchased plane tickets, and planned events for the week, featuring a visit to the cliffs, old Hogan games, Dungaree Castle medieval banquet, special dinners for individual families, and the elders, the sham rock and roll review, which showcased family singers, musicians, dancers, poetry reciters, corny Irish jokes, and more. We walked in the dust of the bones of our ancestors, never more so than by a secluded, hauntingly beautiful inlet in Frey, near Milltown Malby, where family ashes were scattered in 2014. It was easy to believe that crumbling stone home overlooking the cove must have been Edward Hogan's birthplace. We Irish rarely let facts stand in the way of a good story. We took the long way home to the old sod and carried traditions, laughter, memory, families, and love in our hearts back to America. Making Great Decisions Global Famine Staying well-informed and up-to-date on the prevailing American issues of our time has never been more difficult or complicated than it is right now. Understanding real facts and unbiased information that directly affect you, your children, and your grandchildren has never been more important. Where can you find that kind of critical knowledge in Estes Park? Answer, the Great Decisions Forum at the friendly confines of the world-class Estes Valley Library. Each month, the forum meets to discuss a key social, economic, and security issue to gain a full understanding of how government policies and events affect us and are shaping our immediate future. Guest moderators, a local Estes Park citizen, walks the group through a short, professionally produced 15-minute video on the specific topic. Each video features a recognized subject matter. Forum attendees then freely discuss the topic, exchanging ideas and personal experiences. The forum is apolitical and focuses together on building information we need to be educated voters and taxpayers. Diversity of ideas is heartily welcomed and embraced by all during our discussion. Our next topic is global famine. Fears of global food shortages have followed Russia's invasion of Ukraine, which has disrupted grain shipments from the major grain producer. But what about countries and regions that were suffering before this impending shortage? How is famine defined, and how is it different from simple food shortages? What, if any, remedies are there? Our subject matter expert and chapter author see library book copy Great Decisions, is the renowned Daniel Maxwell, Henry J. Lear Professor in Food Security. Please join us for our next great session on Thursday, September 14th, from 1 to 2.30 p.m. in the Wasson Room at our world-class Estes Valley Library. Attendance is free and open to the public.
have an unforgettable experience for all the right reasons. Obituaries Elvin Dean Spring March 26, 1930 to August 21, 2023 Elvin Spring had a rich life story. Born on March 26, 1930 in Loveland, Colorado, he grew up on a farm with his parents, John and Eva Sprang, and worked hard alongside his siblings, Catherine, who preceded him in death, and his brother, Ed, age 95. His family includes wife, Constance Sprang, daughters, Carla Sprang-Webb, Linnell Leroux, and Mary Kay South. Grandchildren, Todd Hansen, Jill Franklin, T.J. Nathan, significant other Julie Friedman and Jamie Nathan, significant other Joe Sullivan, and great-grandchild Colby Hansen. Elvin's legacy undoubtedly lives on through memories and stories shared by those he knew and loved. A celebration of life for Elvin will be held Friday, September 1st, 2023, at 10.30 a.m. at Allnut Funeral Chapel, 1302 Graves Avenue, Estes Park, Colorado. Interment will follow at Estes Valley Memorial Gardens, with a reception to follow at Family Home. Fond memories and expressions of sympathy may be shared at allnutestespark.com for the Sprang family. Celebration of Life Service for Kenneth L. Coleman, Jr. There will be a Celebration of Life Service for Mr. Kenneth L. Coleman, Jr. on Sunday, September 3rd at 11 a.m. at the Pinewood Springs Community Church in Pinewood Springs, Colorado. He is survived by his three sons, Jonathan, Brandon, and Spencer Coleman. After the service, there will be a light luncheon in the Fellowship Hall. Pete Dawson Pete Dawson, age 72, of Estes Park, formerly Neewat, Colorado, passed away peacefully at his home, surrounded by his family, August 20th, 2023. Pete was born on December 31, 1950, in Nina, Wisconsin, where he lived with his parents, Paul and Lillian, his older sisters, Gail and Kathy, his younger brother, Joe. The family moved to Boulder in 1960. He graduated from the University of Colorado with a degree in business, but never stopped learning and growing. He became the source of information for many, including his two wonderful children, Brian and Amber, who became a source of immeasurable pride and joy. The joy they brought Pete was rivaled only by his eight grandchildren, Tori, Squirt, Jake, Rascal, Lee, Bug, Dawson, Dude, Zach, Tiger, Caitlin, Cupcake, Jackson, Jet, Laurelyn, Sticks, who never stopped bringing happiness and entertainment to Pete and Lindy. He was known to his fellow cowboy action shooters as White Raven, and in lieu of flowers, the family kindly requests that donations in his memory be made 
to the Single Action Shooting Society, Briggsdale County Shootists, care of Mark Fetter, 2502 Harrelson Court, Fort Collins, Colorado, 80526. Pete's service of remembrance will be held at the YMCA Hyde Chapel in Estes Park, Colorado, at 1 p.m. on September 16th with a cowboy lunch reception to follow. Friends are welcome to attend. Feel free to wear your Jimmy Buffett shirts, cowboy gear, golf shirts, or fishing hats. Fond memories and expressions of sympathy may be shared at allnutestespark.com for the Dawson Jr. family. Randy Brown In loving memory of Randy Allen Brown, 1959-2018 to I think of you every day. Miss our talks. Miss your laughter. Miss you. Love, Mom, and Family. Singers Wanted for Handel's Messiah The Oratorio Society of Estes Park will be celebrating the holidays this season with a gala performance of Handel's Oratorio Messiah. If you're an experienced choral singer and would like to become part of our joyous celebration, we would love to hear from you. We will rehearse on Sundays from 6.30 to 8.30 at Presbyterian Community Church of the Rockies starting on September 10th. If you'd like to join us, call or text Robert Howard at 970-618-3618 or send an email message to estesmus16 at gmail.com. The Oratorio Society would also welcome string players on violin, viola, cello, or bass. Performances will take place on Friday, December 8th at 7 p.m. and Saturday at 2 p.m. Get prepped with the Estes Valley Library this September. National Preparedness Month. The Estes Valley Library joins agencies and organizations across the country by participating in National Preparedness Month this September. Together, we can take a closer look at our level of readiness and find out what to do when disasters or emergencies arise. Throughout the month, we'll be prepping with great projects in the makerspace. Try one of our pill bottle survival kit classes, where we'll pack 15 survival items into an old pill bottle and discuss how each item can be used in the wilderness. Or check out our paracord survival bracelet classes, where we'll weave a fashionable bracelet that includes a whistle, fire starter, and compass clasp. Choose from a variety of fun patterns. On Tuesday, September 19th, join us for our next Living Room Conversation in person or on Zoom, presented with the Estes Valley Restorative Justice Partnership. We'll be discussing resilience and our ability to withstand and adapt to challenges, shocks, and disruptions during uncertain times. Share your perspective with your neighbors. Ever heard of AIRS or Amateur Radio Emergency Services? Commonly referred to as HAMS, 
Amateur radio operators use their training, skills, and equipment to provide communications through emergencies. Here from the Estes Valley Amateur Radio Club, the Red Cross, and Larimer County Office of Emergency Management on Friday, September 22nd, as they discuss how emergency services communicate when all else fails. Little readers can join in on the fun with their own Red Cross story time. On Saturday, September 23rd, we'll read Prepare with Pedro and learn how Pedro the Penguin preps for emergencies that can occur at home. Attendees will receive their own storybook. And how about some light-hearted emergency preparation? On Wednesday, September 27th, we're hosting a virtual reality zombie party. Patrons ages 9 and up are invited to try one of our Oculus VR headsets to see how you'd fare in a post-apocalyptic sci-fi world. Be seen and stay safe. Next time you visit the library, ask a staff member about a free reflective armband to be worn while biking or walking around town. This high-visibility accessory will come in handy as the days get shorter. Spend some time thinking and planning ahead this September. Together, we can be prepared for anything that comes our way. Learn more about National Preparedness Month at estesvalleylibrary.org slash prep. Help the Elk Stay Untangled Time to stow away your swings, hammocks, volleyball nets, and tomato cages by Chris Hazelton. The elk rut in the Estes Valley has just begun, and the Colorado Parks and Wildlife now urges us to please look around our homes, yards, and businesses for items the elk may get tangled up in. Just this week, a large bull got his antlers caught in a long length of cable wire. The bull walked by and tried to spar with the cable, causing the entanglement. Passers-by called Colorado Parks and Wildlife to get help, and a wildlife officer arrived and drugged the immobilized bull and freed him. Luckily, this story had a happy ending, but if help doesn't arrive quickly enough, the elk may have been known to struggle and risk getting stuck on an obstacle and can tragically die in these entrapments. When bull elk are pumped up with testosterone, anything that moves can be of interest. Swings, hammocks, volleyball nets, and tire swings blowing in the wind pose a challenge for the elk, and they will approach these items and try to spar with them. This can be a very dangerous practice, as their antlers can easily become entangled in these items we all have around our homes and yards. The CPW is urging all residents to bring these items in for the fall to avoid any encounters such as the entangled elk shown on this page. Let's make sure to look over our yards and bring in anything that might pose an entrapment hazard for our resident elk with which we share our beautiful mountain community. 
Also, Colorado Parks and Wildlife wants to remind everyone to enjoy watching the elk rut, but please do so at a safe and respectable distance to the animals. Even though it's fun and educational to watch this display, remember, these are wild animals in the midst of their mating season. The bulls are concerned with one thing, and one thing only mating with as many of the females in their harem as they can. The elk don't care who or what is in their way. Their goal is to pass down their genes to their offspring. It's extremely dangerous to get too close to these wild animals. Avoid potential accident, injury, or death by always viewing from a safe distance. If an animal is carefully watching you and appears jumpy, you're way too close. Avoid eye contact and back away. Raise your arms to make yourself look larger. For photographers, a good rule of thumb is give them room, use your zoom. Never attempt to touch or feed wildlife. It's dangerous and illegal. There's a reason it's called wildlife. World-class music comes to the Old Gallery at Allens Park in September. Where can you hear music by one of the world's premier string quartets? Just head to the Old Gallery in Allens Park on Saturday, September 16th from 5 to 7 p.m. This is the seventh appearance of the Takach Quartet, and we've sold out in advance for every appearance said the Old Gallery Board President Darlene Buesch. Proceeds help fund our nonprofit efforts in our mountain community, including the Community Cupboard Food Bank, Community Closet, Health and Wellness Programs, Activities, and Events. The quartet consists of Edward Dunsbury, Violin, Harumi Rhodes, Violin, Richard O'Neill, Viola, and Andres Feger, cello. Members of the Tokach Quartet are Christopherson Fellows and Artists in Residence at the University of Colorado Boulder, where they have helped to develop a string program with special emphasis on chamber music. The quartet is known to play with a unique blend of drama, warmth, and humor that combines four distinct musical personalities and brings fresh insights to the string quartet repertoire. The quartet has been the recipient of three gramophone awards, a Grammy Award, three Japanese Record Academy Awards, Disc of the Year at the inaugural BBC Music Magazine Awards, and Ensemble Album of the Year at the Classical Brits. In 2021, the Tokash won a Presto Music Recording of the Year Award for their recordings of string quartets by Fanny and Felix Mendelssohn and a Gramophone Award with pianist Garrick Olson for piano quintets by Amy Beach and Elgar. The quartet performs regularly in venues like the Aspen Music Festival, but they have grown to love performing for audiences along the peak-to-peak -peak highway. Tickets are $60 and are available at the Old Gallery and theoldgallery.org. There are a limited number of tickets available for this event, and it's usually a sellout. 
The old gallery is located at 14863 Colorado Highway 7, next to the Allens Park Fire Station. Carpooling to the event is encouraged, as parking is limited at the old gallery. Fortunately, overflow parking is available east of the gallery on Highway 7, right of way in the parking lot just on the other side of the fire station. For more information, 303-747-2906, info at theoldgallery.org. Bank of Estes Park. Nominations open for Bank of Estes Park Golden Antler Award. Bank of Estes Park and the Estes Chamber of Commerce are proud to announce something new and exciting. The Bank of Estes Park Golden Antler Award. This award will recognize a person or organization that has made a tremendous, meaningful, and positive impact on our community. Then, that person will be able to select a local nonprofit to receive a $5,000 grant from Bank of Estes Park. Nomination forms will be available through the Chamber website, esteschamber.org as well as at any Bank of Estes Park location by September 5th, and nominations will be accepted through the month of September. The bank will collect the nominations and will determine eligibility, and after that, an independent selection committee of community leaders will select the winner, or winners if it decides to split the award, the award winner and the nonprofit grant recipient will be announced at a community reception at Bank of Estes Park on National Philanthropy Day, November 15th. Does not conflict with EPNRC's event the week prior. So plan on swinging by the bank for food and fun that evening. So, who do you know who has made a tremendous impact for good in our community? Look over the nomination form and see if maybe they might be a good candidate to be nominated for the Golden Antler Award. For details, rules, and restrictions, please see the nomination form. Founded in 1965 right here in town, Bank of Estes Park is the only truly local bank in the Estes Valley. Serving our clients and our community is our passion. It's the heart of who we are. We take the word local very seriously and wanted to find a way to recognize those locals who share in our passion for accomplishing great things and for lifting this community up. We're very grateful to the Estes Chamber of Commerce for partnering with us to help make this happen, as well as to those who take the time to nominate any of the tremendously impactful people who help make a difference in our little town. Most of all, we're grateful to our clients and neighbors who have a relationship with us, who bank and borrow at their local bank. It's only because of you that we're able to support our community in such unique and exceptional ways. So please, help us recognize someone spectacular, someone deserving of the first, hopefully annual, Bank of Estes Park Golden Antler Award. Thank you for joining us for the Estes Park News. I'm Kathy Piancone.